Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. Today, we feature audio from the Elite Business Advice Podcast with Chris Moore. In this episode, Chris talks about planning for next year and the questions to ask yourself, and how to make a game plan with a timeline to set yourself up for success. This episode is brought to you by Bayer and Federated Insurance. Welcome to the Elite Business Advice Podcast. My name is Chris Moore, and I'm the founder of Elite Business Advisors and the host of the Elite Business Advice Podcast. Hey, we're really excited to chat a little bit today about planning out for 2023. Uh, it's a hot topic that's kind of coming up here nowadays as we're wrapping up the year and, and what to plan for and how to go through and start planning out your business for next year. Um, first off, before we get into it, I really want to take a second and say thank you to all of our listeners from this year uh, that that's stuck with us, listening to every episode. Um, we appreciate you guys. We appreciate the feedback, the, the things that are said to us when we go to events, the the messages we receive, the, the reach out. Um, we really appreciate that. Uh, you know, here uh, it, with our channel, uh, some of you guys may know our, our podcast also goes out on the Paint Ed podcast platform here with the Painting Contractors Association. Um, and I just got something from them the other day that said the Paint Ed podcast is in the top two and a half percent of podcasts globally. Uh, and I think that's absolutely cool. I know it's not just because of our show, but it's cool that, that we're one of seven shows that goes out on that network. Uh, they release a podcast episode every single day. And, and so it's cool to see the statistics just to be a part of that. And so I just wanted to take a second before we dive into today and just say thank you to everybody that listens to this. We put this together for you guys. Uh, as fun as it is, as much as I enjoy doing this, it's a lot of work that goes into it. Uh, and so I appreciate those of you guys that are benefiting from it again. Again, we're putting this content together for you guys. If there's a topic, if there's something you want us to talk about, I would love some feedback and any insight on that, right? Um, I don't ever say we're scrambling for content because I feel like we always have a pretty good base of content we can, we can talk about on our episodes. But again, we're doing this podcast for you guys. So if there's things that you see, things that you would love to hear covered, I'd love to get uh, a message, shoot us an email or something, and just say, hey, we'd love to hear this on an upcoming episode, uh, and we'll see if we can make that happen. So uh, those of you guys that uh, are new to the podcast, maybe this is the first time you've heard of it, um, You know, our goal here with the Elite Business Advice Podcast is to help you grow your business and also educate you on a variety of topics that affect self-employed small business owners. Uh, and so today, like I mentioned, we're going to dive into the 2023 planning. I'm really excited to get back in studio next week. We'll start having some guest interviews again. Uh, we got a lot of good things coming here as we wrap up the year on the podcast, getting ready for season three next year. A lot of big things coming. Uh, but I wanted to kind of take a minute and talk through what it looks like to plan out next year. I kind of said in the intro a little bit, you know, what are the things you need to be thinking about to plan out the year next year? Um, and so, you know, right now, uh, the, the episode that came out last week was all about tax planning, right? How to kind of plan out the rest of 2022 financially, what to expect. Uh, I know a lot of a lot of conversations right now are being had about making sure you're booked out and scheduled through the holidays, right through November, December. Uh, making sure you get through January. Again, here in the painting industry, you know, typically November, December, January is the slowest months of the year. Uh, so we want to just make sure our clients are kind of thinking ahead on that. Um, but we really want to start shifting the tide now once we kind of get through those two things, right? Tax planning and, and, and making sure that work is on the books through the holidays. We really want to start shifting our focus to next year. What does next year look like? Um, and I think there's, there's two things that we really 
try to simplify and break down to say, okay, here's the place you have to start, right? Most of you guys have been listening to us now for a handful of episodes. You know, we like to take very like broad, big, kind of scary, audacious things and compartmentalize it down to, okay, where do you start from here? And then what's next? And, and logically think through those things. And so we kind of put this outline together to go through and, and do exactly that. Uh, and so for me, the, the one place you have to start, uh, there's, there's two questions you have to ask. At this time next year, right, end of December 2023, which we all know is going to be here before we know it. Um, what do you want your business to look like in two aspects, right? These are typically the two things that everybody went into business for in the, in the first place. What do you want your income to look like? And then what do you want your time input to be like in your business? Um, some of you guys listen, this might be putting in 60, 70 hours a week. Um, maybe you're happy with the income you're making. You just want to get some of your time back to spend with your family and friends and, and travel and do things you want to do. Uh, maybe you want to make more money next year. Maybe you want to make more money and decrease the amount of hours you have to work in your business. And so I think those are the two places you have to start out with and understand what, you know, you guys know our philosophy is we, I want your business to serve you. And if your business isn't serving you, then we need to figure out how we can make that happen, right? Everybody goes into business, again, typically for time freedom and financial freedom. And the two things most business owners don't get is time freedom and financial freedom, right? Um, in, unless you're intentional and really build a good business structure in your company. And so those are the two questions you have to start out. Like, what do you want your time and your money to look like at this point next year? Were you happy with what, what those two inputs were this year? Um, or I guess I should say one output for the money and, and input for the time. Um, or do you need to make some changes for next year, right? What does that look like? And so I think when you can answer those questions and feel free to pause this episode if you're at a spot where you can sit down and think through that, or maybe you're driving in the car right now, you got me on like two speed uh, because sometimes, you know, we, we can take it down a notch a little bit. Um, you know, pause the episode and just think through those things on a, on a micro level. What, what do you want those two things to look like? Um, because then from there, you can go through and really start to figure out, okay, here's where I want to be at next year. Here's where we're at right now. How do we bridge the gap to get there? To me, that's the, the goal of everything else we're going to talk about here in this planning episode. Where do we want to be at next year? Where are we at right now? And how do we bridge that gap? So for example, the, the one question you need to know once you get those two answers is, what is the structure of com your company need to look like to produce the amount of revenue to achieve that goal? Um, so again, I'm going to use my painting contractors here as an example. If your goal is you want to make 150000 next year, and you want to work no more than, we'll just say 30 hours in a given week, 35 hours, right? You need to have in place probably typically nine painters and a production manager um, and possibly an estimator or office person, or again, kind of variables kind of can depend on what how efficient your business is. But that's kind of the structure you typically need to maybe do a million dollars to make sure you're bringing home at least 150,000 next year. Um, and so you can think about that, right? So, okay, I need nine painters, which is typically three crews of three with a crew leader on each one. Okay, I need a production manager, maybe, maybe not to oversee that. You know, if you've got really, really good crew leaders and you've got really good systems, you and the office person can probably manage the majority of that production, right? Maybe your role is just estimating. You have a full-time office person. You have three really good crew leaders you do a profit share with that run the job sites. You can probably make that work. So again, every million dollar company looks different. I want you guys to understand that. Everyone we've seen looks different in some way, shape, or form based on what they need to get there. So understand that. 
But let's just kind of go with that for an example. Let's just say nine painters, a production manager, and an office person. You're doing the majority of the sales still. Let's just say that's kind of the structure you're looking at. So you look right now at your business and you say, okay, right now we've got six painters. We got two crews of three. We've got one really good crew leader, one we need to kind of grow up and, and work on a little bit, right? So we need to add three painters, one additional crew leader, get the, the other one up and going at a full speed. Um, and we probably need to hire a production manager. Maybe you already have an office assistant. Maybe you guys are at 600, 700,000 this year. So now you're identifying where you're at, where you wanna go and what you're gonna need in the meantime, right? So then you can say, okay, I need three painters. I need a production manager. Uh, and I need my office person to be full-time and our systems to be really humming in a good spot. And then really where the magic comes down to this is, okay, now, you can identify a plan to get there. And what I mean by a plan is not, hey, this is what I need, right? We just identified what you need, but the plan needs to be detailed and say, okay, at this point, this needs to be in place, right? Um, at this point, so typically in my mind, if getting to that point, nine painters, you're working no more than 30, 35 hours a week, that means you really need to get all these, everybody in place, I'm gonna say by at least August, to give yourself three to four months <clears throat> to where the company is running fluently and you can kind of take a step back, right? Um, so again, make sure you're you're planning this out in a time chronological way that makes sense. Uh, don't say, hey, I'm gonna wait till December and hire three painters and a production manager um, and then just expect to be able to completely step back, right? There's the training aspect in which you know, you're gonna have to train people to get them running at a spot where you can kind of step back a little bit. So um, I hope that kind of makes a little bit of sense. So again, time target. So let's say in this scenario, um, with where you're at, where you wanna go, you say, okay, so January 1st, we're gonna start recruiting for our next painters. Our goal is to hire one painter in March, get the third crew leader up and going, right? To where then maybe you've got a crew of three, <clears throat> another crew of two, and a, another crew of two. Um, so one painter hired by March 1st, get, get three crews up and going, two smaller ones, one little bit larger one, right? Um, that's the goal, all right? And then we're gonna hire another painter by May 1st for when we start hitting next year's season in full stride. So then we'll have two crews of three and a crew of two. And then we're gonna hire that third and final painter by July 1st, right? Um, when we're in the thick of exterior season. That's kind of the plan. Now, guess what? If you get to a spot where you have enough work on the books, <clears throat> and you get a chance to hire two painters May 1st, hallelujah, you're ahead of schedule. Probably not a bad thing because there's a chance one of your nine painters might leave at some point in the year, right? So having those plans in place and saying, okay, hey, by this date, we want this person hired and going. So that means you need to back up probably two months and start the recruiting process or start working down the tracks to get there, right? Same thing with the crew leader, um, same thing with systems. I think that's another big thing, right? We talk about personnel needed, but what systems do you need in place to, to make that happen, right? If you don't have SOPs, that is definitely gonna be one key to you stepping back and away from those things. So you need to start working on SOPs. So maybe you say, okay, you know, March 1st, we hire one painter and by April 1st, I wanna have our exterior SOPs ready to go for summertime um, and then interior and so forth. So think through the systems you need. Maybe you don't use work orders on job sites. That's something else that we really try to help our clients implement is utilizing work orders that can take the information from the estimate plus, you know, other stuff, right, that the customer doesn't need to see that you need, you know, 20 minute mud and a 40 foot ladder and, you know, this and that and all the extra stuff to, to fulfill the job. Um, you know, work orders should have what color, what product, what sheen is going on each aspect of the paint project. There's a lot of details you can put in there to where then you can hand that off to your crew leader and 
let them take the ball across the finish line, right? It's got the hours on there, the budgeted for each section. Um, it allows them to do that. And guess what? That's going to cut down on phone calls and oversight that you have to have because everything they need to know about that job is in that work order. Maybe that's something you need to utilize. And so again, that should filter into your plan there in those first six to eight months of the year of when are you going to have that in place? When are you going to, you know, again, make sure you kind of plan for a couple of months of working through it and getting it to where it's it's just a, a part of your daily routine for you and your employees, right? Uh, and so as you think through this, you know, everybody talks about a business plan and everybody gets really intimidated by the words business plan. It's like budget and diet. Nobody likes it, right? Um, they're like, oh, business plan. I think business plan is, has to be a nine page document with, you know, financials and all these things. And you need that if you're going to the bank to try to get some funding for something, right? Or if you're a new business, business plans are super important. Business plans are also super important for those of you guys that have been in business for more than two days, right? And again, a business plan just needs to be something. It can be a Word document, and I love bullet points, right? It should have every section of your business on there and some bullet points in each thing, right? It's just a, a place to organize and gather all of your thoughts uh, and to kind of put everything in one spot that, that makes sense, right? So you should have a section on marketing. You should have a section on recruiting. You should have a se uh, section on systems estimating, you know, training, anything that you need to work on next year, right? Um, or three years down the road and maybe make a note on there, like this is the three-year part of the business plan. It's just a place to collect thoughts. It, it shouldn't be more than a couple of pages, especially if you're using bullet points, a couple of pages just to kind of organize your thoughts on what you need to work on next year and how you're going to get from point A to point B is really what you need. Um, so now that you got your plan in place, uh, there's kind of the other aspect of, of the planning I want to hit on here in this episode is the numbers planning, right? You knew we couldn't do an episode without numbers. Come on, we're going to do an episode on leadership coming up here by the end of the year. And you know that somehow I'm going to have to put numbers in there um, because we have shirts that say the numbers don't lie. It's so important. So we have to talk about numbers. Uh, but what I want you guys to think about on the number side is <clears throat> what does this mean for each aspect of your business, right? So now you got the vision, a million dollars, nine painters, production manager, office person. This is what we need. What does it mean for the number side of your business? So what does that mean for lead generation and marketing, right? If you look at what is your average job size this year, let's just say for sake of simple math, it's $2,000, right? Um, you guys know when I'm doing examples off the top of my head, I have to use even numbers. Uh, the people in Pittsburgh at the Sherwin event last week definitely realized that because I got off on the weeds on dollars and cents and I looked like an idiot. So live and learn, uh, whole numbers, $2,000 average job size. If you're going to do a million dollars, that means you need 500 jobs this year. 500 jobs at a $2,000 average is a million dollars in revenue, right? So 500 jobs. Okay. So that's great. So now you know that if your 2023 is on par average wise with 2022, 500 jobs, 2000 bucks, you're going to do a million dollars this year. Let's say your closing rate of estimates is 50%. Again, whole numbers here, guys, 50%. So that means in order to do 500 jobs, you're going to have to do a thousand estimates next year. Now, I don't necessarily mean you, maybe it's you and you're starting to groom a painter or your office person or somebody in kind of a part-time estimator role. There can be a, a lot of logic and kind of being creative and thinking outside the box there. But let's just say a thousand estimates. So now you know you need a thousand estimates to do 500 jobs at a $2,000 rate to do a million dollars. Okay, thousand estimates, got it. So that means you're probably gonna need about 1,200, I'm gonna say 1,200 to 1,250 leads. And you say, well, why do you say that, Chris? 
you can't tell me that every one of your leads turns into an estimate, right? Occasionally customer goes missing at some point in the process. Or if you're really good at pre-qualifying, you're, you're only going to do bids for jobs that you know you're gonna get, right? Or that are in your wheelhouse, right? So the two questions I always ask when somebody calls is, hey, what, what's the scope of your project? I wanna make sure it's what we do and it's what it's in our wheelhouse. If you want your popcorn ceiling scraped, great, call HD Paint and Stain because Elite Painting, we didn't do that, right? I would give Brian's number out all day uh, and he'll actually be on an upcoming episode. I'm excited for that. Um, you know, it, what, what's the time frame of the project? If you need it done in the next two weeks, and I have no flexibility in my schedule to get there in two weeks, why even come to an estimate, right? So if you're really good at pre-qualifying, you might need 1,300 or 1,400 um, leads to come in, right? So you should kind of have a rough idea, okay, 80% of our leads turn into estimates, right? Or whatever that looks like. So you might say, okay, I need 1,250 leads to do 1,000 estimates to do 500 jobs at a $2,000 average to do a million dollars. And so you can start to think through these things, right? Look at this year. How many estimates did you do? How many leads did you get? Um, you know, what did that look like for you? And then identify, okay, well, now we have to put together a marketing plan to see how we're going to generate that many leads. This is really where this, this big picture planning can filter down into the nitty gritty of things is if you are thinking through, okay, we need you know, 1,250 leads. We, we did 900 this year, right? You know, there's an organic growth in, in your business. Um, what are we going to do to bridge the gap, right? Social media, Google ads, um, you know, relationship marketing, all the different things we've talked about here on, on previous episodes. What are you going to do, right? And again, the goal here is to put a date on it and say, hey, every month we're going to do this, right? Part of our SOPs is to send thank you cards to every job site. Great, we're gonna do that. Every month, we're gonna pick out 50 of our top referral partners and customers and send them a handwritten card with something fun. Um, we've got a really good episode coming up for that here in a few weeks. Um, we're gonna go through and say, okay, we're gonna spend $250 a month on Google, Google Ads, right? Maybe you up it, maybe you lower it throughout the year, but you at least have a plan in place. Um, that's what I want you guys to think through um, because then obviously it's gonna fluctuate throughout the year. And the, and the biggest key to this is, Planning for 2023 shouldn't stop on December 31st of 2022. Planning for 2023 should stop and be evaluated at every month or two along the journey next year to adjust as needed, right? I see too many people set an annual goal, say a million dollars, nine painters. They get to May and they're on track for like 850. And they just go, meh, all right, well, I guess that's all we're gonna do this year, which is fine, but there's also the chance you can say, okay, well, what can we kind of regroup and do in the next nine months to still get there? Like, is it possible? Is it not? Don't just give up on the goal. That's why I don't like annual goals. I think annual goals are important, but that's why we like to break them down by month and by quarter and, and compartmentalize them into smaller pieces that are easier to achieve. Um, and so the other side of that is the financial plan part, right? So if you if you're gonna do a million dollars, we all know you have busier months and slower months. I mentioned that earlier, right? We're coming into the slower season here. You need to plan out on a month by month basis how much production you're gonna do each month and see if that seems feasible, right? You're gonna look at and say, okay, maybe in May or in January and February, we're only doing 60,000 a month. And then in March, okay, we start doing some exteriors, we get to 80,000, you know, whatever it is, plan out month by month what those revenue goals are, because that will help you stay on track much, much more. And also be more realistic, knowing you can probably do a hundred thousand dollar months in the summertime, and maybe only sixty to eighty thousand in the wintertime when there's no exteriors. Right? It realistically allows you to plan out month by month, and then you can focus on those months. 
right? To where then if, again, you get through the first quarter of the year and you're only $20,000 off, shoot, you can still hit a million dollars, no big deal. If you get through May and you're $100,000 off, you're gonna have to make a big push for the rest of the year, right? And so you readjust these monthly goals throughout the year to, to raise and lower where your overall target is. So again, it's, it's super important to have the, the yearly plan, but to really break it down into monthly, quarterly objectives. Um, and then obviously you should know what that looks like for cash flow, right? Especially if you have some of those, those slower months in the wintertime. What does that look like cash flow for your business? Like, are you guys able to weather that? Um, you know, are you able to make money? Like, what does that really look like? And so um, I know I've just really thrown a lot at you. Um, as you guys can imagine, we have a couple of resources. We're kind of in the process of revamping them here as we're gonna start planning out with our clients in the next few weeks. Um, so if you're interested, we've got two documents you can use. One that plans out the revenue and you know the the amount of estimates, the amount of you know leads you need, all those things. It can you know put in some averages and break it down for you. And then the second one that helps plan out the revenue and the financial goals and that sort of thing. Uh, and so we have those free. You guys know as part of our listener base, we'd love to share that with you guys uh, for free. And so shoot us an email, uh, chris at elitebusinessadvising.com um, or go to our website, www.elitebusinessadvising.com elitebusinessadvising.com. Uh, just submit a contact form and say, hey, I would love the 2023 planning resources whenever you get them finished up. And the second that we get them done, um, I promise I'll get on, I'll email them out to everybody that's requesting them. Like I said, my goal is to have them done here by the 20th of November for sure, right before Thanksgiving. Um, so we can start getting those in place with our clients. We're starting with the big picture planning. What do you want your business to look like at the end of last year? And then we're gonna start breaking down the numbers here by early December. So as soon as we get those done, I'm happy to send those out. Out. Um, but guys, again, step one, think about the tax situation. Step two, make sure you've got work for November, December, January. And then step three, even if you don't have those two completely done yet, start thinking about next year because the businesses that we see year over year have the biggest growth and the most impact are the ones that start thinking about it well before the year starts to where when January 1st gets here, you can hit the ground running. And better yet, if you start now, what can you do in the next two months to start building momentum to run into next year to really hit the ground running at an even quicker pace? And so be proactive. Think about your business. Think about the things that can have the biggest impact and get you where you want to go. Um, and again, more than anything, make sure your business is serving yourself, even if it's not right now. That's OK. That's what we're on this journey of entrepreneurship together with. Uh, but think about what your business needs to do to serve your life, even if it's in a year and then say, hey, I'm going to take one year. I'm really going to push and I'm going to make this happen uh, because the clients we see that are really just determined and over the top about it, they're the ones that always make it happen. And so um, let us know what we can do to help. You know, I'm here. We're always open to free business analysis meetings with anybody to see how we can help you guys. We've got a lot of really exciting stuff coming down the pipeline, not just about the podcast, uh, but about our Elite Business Academy that's being completely rebranded and overhauled. Um, January 1 will be the big rollout on that. So we're working behind the scenes the next eight weeks on it. I'm really excited for you guys to see it. There's going to have a ton of resources, a ton of great things that we feel like can add a lot of value to our clients um, and our listeners. And so have a wonderful rest of your day. Reach out and don't forget to enjoy the journey. Paint Ed podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.